to the Fantasy Footballers DFS Podcast, coming to you from the Playdraft Studios, with your hosts, Mike Wright, Ben Cummins, and Chris Meany. Oh, and you're making it rain, cash dollar dollar bills, it's a fun, fun thing to do. Welcome to the Fantasy Footballers DFS Podcast, DFS For the rest of us, we are breaking things down. We are making it as easy as possible to tame the wild beast, to kick in the doors of FanDuel and say, hey, I ain't scared of no ghost. I ain't scared of you. Go to DraftKings and say, you want a piece of this? Huh? I've got an off track here. I sound like a ridiculous person, (laughs) so I'm going to introduce my guest. Not my guest says, wow, that's a rough intro. I'm going to introduce my co-host, my my fantastic co-host, Ben Cummins. You find him on Twitter, at Ben Cummins, FF. Ben, save me from myself. Guys, you got to tell DraftKings and FanDuel what's up. That's what we're here for. You know, had another profitable week two, another good week. I really think we were we hit on a ton of the plays. You know, I personally got pretty close, uh, you know, had a lot of the plays, just didn't really put the pieces of the puzzle together perfectly on one team. But another exciting week. And, you know, it's been really cool to see these screenshots continue to come in, that people are winning some money. And that's the whole plan is to help everybody out and to, you know, try to try to hit on these plays and, and to give out some knowledge. So just, you know, just like I said last week, super pumped to be on this podcast and can't wait to talk about week three. Yeah, I hope you played that Simeon Sanders stack because my body was just the skin actually fell off of my body. I was so excited what was happening because I knew that people were making some sweet dough with with that unbelievable stack. Uh, Chris Meany from the Fantasy Sports Network. This is usually the part of the show where I would introduce him. However, he is off. With uh, on the island of misfit toys, because his takes were too good, the people said we can't. Chris, it's too good. We got to slow it down. Fanduel called. They said you can't. You can't put him on the show this week. So he will be joining us again next week. Ben, are you ready to get into the cash games? I'm ready to do it, man. And like you said, you killed that Simeon Sanders stack. That was so fun to watch, and uh, and really enjoyed your Twitter feed during those afternoon games. That <laughs> the highest of fives were were going around the studio. But here we go. Straight cash, homie. Or straight cash, homie. Indeed, my friend. We're talking those cash games. Those where you're you're trying to go a little bit safer. You you don't have to fully go contrarian. In these picks, you're just saying, I need, I need upside, but I also need a safety. I need, you know, you're sometimes you got to have a blanket. Sometimes you got to keep that body warm. So, how are you keeping your lineups nice and warm at the quarterback position, Mr. Ben? Yeah, you want to talk about safety. I mean, we got to talk about Aaron Rodgers, right? And look, I know that if you go look at what the Bengals defense has done through two weeks, they actually look pretty solid. But you have to be really careful with those small sample sizes because go back and look at what happened in week one with the Ravens, all the interceptions. Obviously, the Bengals offense could not get anything going. And so all the Ravens had to do was run, run and run some more. And that's what they're trying to do more this year. So yeah, nobody has really lit their secondary up yet. But obviously, then in week two, they went against Deshaun Watson, a rookie quarterback. So now it's completely different. We get Aaron Rodgers, the best quarterback in the game, at home where he tends to play a little bit better. You guys have probably already heard me say it once or twice before. Um, You know, one of the fears was Jordy Nelson got banged up and, you know, basically missed the entire Sunday night football game last week. But he's already practicing. Sounds like he's going to play. You know, Ty Montgomery's balling out in the backfield. Devontae Adams. We'll see about Randall Cobb. But, you know, when we're talking about safety at the quarterback position, even if Cobb unfortunately doesn't play, Rodgers at home against a defense that doesn't really scare me at all is a fantastic cash play. I think that Derek Carr is also a, a really nice pivot here if you're, you're looking to your cash games. And you will, you'll save a bit, only 6800 on DraftKings as compared to 7300 for Aaron Rodgers. I mean, the guy has been absolutely efficient. He's not... Derek Carr will never be that 400-yard Drew Brees type of guy, but his touchdown ratio to yards, I mean, he just he gets it done every single week. Michael Crabtree, the trace, the trace touchdown celebration, and now he gets to go take on Washington, who is not scary 
at all in one of the the one of the best over unders of the week. How are you feeling about Derek Carbin? Oh, I'm right there with you, man. I like Derek Carr a lot. Obviously, you know, you brought up how many points Vegas thinks are going to be scored in this game. I mean, Derek 54 and a half currently. 54 and a half. That's a that's a large number. I mean, I'm just a fan of Derek Carr. I think the dude's a stud, and this is a game where if Kirk Cousins because the game is in Washington is able to, you know, keep pace on the other side, it's going to force Derek Carr to continue to throw to Cooper and Crabtree. And even though Josh Norman's on the team, it's probably a better matchup than you think it is. I mean, Washington was eighth worst in past DVOA last season and their 13th worst in past DVOA through two weeks this year. And again, just a reminder, past DVOA is a football outsider stat that just kind of takes more situations into account. So it gives us a little bit more information than just how many passing yards has a team given up because like I already brought up with the Bengals that can you know lie to you a little bit because oh the Bengals didn't give up any pass yards in week one that wasn't because they were great it was because the Ravens didn't have to throw it all because of game flow so you know this gives us a little bit more information and tells me that Carr is a great safe play and like you said Mike you know if you're trying to pay up for some studs at other positions Carr is able you know allows you to save 500 bucks under Rodgers and speaking of DVOA there's a guy going up against the Lions defense who are currently ranked dead last in DVOA, and that's Matt Ryan. And you know that he can absolutely get it done. I'm not scared of Darius Slay versus Julio Jones. Yeah, it may pull his upside down just a little bit, but Matt Ryan with all of those weapons in what could be a really high-scoring game, I think that Matt Ryan is a safe play. Ben, if you had to pick one of these guys, Derek Carr or Matt Ryan, they're only separated by $300, so not a huge savings to go to Carr. Would you rather have Carr or Matt Ryan? So I'd rather have Matt Ryan, and I think uh, this isn't going to be the last time we talk about this game because I actually think Vegas got it a little bit wrong. I know that uh, we already touched on Washington and Oakland is the highest over-under. For me, I love this Atlanta at Detroit game. It's my favorite fantasy game of the week, and I've already seen the over-under start to creep up a little bit. It's in the 50s as well, so it's not like it's a super low over-under or anything, but I think that should be the highest of the week. Love Matt Stafford. Think Matt Stafford's going to have a very good game at home. We'll touch on him in a little bit, and I think that's going to cause Matt Ryan to have to throw. Unlike what we saw last week with Atlanta at home, they were able to control that game against Green Bay, and Ryan wasn't forced to throw I see it being different this week I think Ryan's gonna have to throw I think there's gonna be a lot of points scored and I would take him because like you said there's only $300 more and I like him better moving over to the running back position Jay Ajayi got the first week off and he looked like a man who uh, was fresh off a vacation rolling out there with with 28 carries just absolutely dominant once again the concerns about the knees we're putting those off for another day. And now, oh, ladies and gentlemen, and now the Dolphins get to play the Jets. Everyone's favorite target when you're talking fantasy football. The Dolphins are six-point favorites on the road. They are almost favored by a touchdown. I love Jay I mean, you're talking a near 100% uh, share of the carries you had just you know, I think it Kenyon Drake maybe had one touch. Otherwise, it's the Jay Ajayi show. So I think that he is a a, a very safe option. Seventy seven hundred over on DraftKings. You can count on him to get uh, over twenty carries, and that's that's a difficult thing to to count on. So I'm willing to pay up for Jay Ajayi. Ben, who are you willing to pay up for? Or maybe maybe there's a, you're going to save a little bit of bucks here for your cash running back. Yeah, I like Ajayi a lot as long as he plays for all the reasons you touched on. Oh, yeah, on. thank you. I'll, yeah. I'll throw out the disclaimer here. He has not practiced Wednesday or Thursday. That's why, DFS, you don't you don't lock in that lineup right now uh, on Friday morning or whenever you're listening to this. You need to get all the information, and a, a great way to get that information is the Ultimate DFS Pass. That's where you can get all the premium content from Ben, uh, from Chris Meany, from uh, – all sorts of articles, all sorts of picks are going out. And Ben writes a fantastic injury article uh, that comes out every Saturday. It gives you the newest information possible. So just in case we get some more news on J.H.I., like he's going to sit, which his coach, Adam Gase, has all but guaranteed J.H.I. will play. So there's your disclaimer for J.H.I. Just monitor his situation. 
Exactly. And, you know, we Ty Montgomery was the stud last week. It made all the sense in the world, even in tournaments like we talked about. And he came through. And so, you know, it's a little bit boring to talk about the same guy. But you look at his price. It still hasn't gotten up to where he should be. He's $6,900 this week on DraftKings. And it's, you know, he's just dominating the backfield. Now, there was a Roto World report where they might they said they might tone him down a little bit. But, you know, even if they do that, I'm not buying it, Ben. Yeah, I'm not buying. First it. of all, I'm with you, Mike. I'm not buying it. And even if they do that, he is still getting the majority of the work. Obviously, 90 percent um, up there in week one, and he got 83.33 percent of the team's carry share last week. He's getting the targets. He's scoring touchdowns and both aspects of the game. And, you know, again, I just touched on, I mean, the Packers are at home, the Bengals are 0-2, they've looked absolutely atrocious this year, and that that matters because it tells me that the Packers are going to pretty easily win this game. And, you know, when you have Ty Montgomery dominating a backfield that gets you points in both the rushing and passing games, that, you know, his, his exact style of play caters to DraftKings scoring in a game where he's going to have a favorable game script in the rushing game. And as long as he can add a couple catches on top of it, he's a very, very safe play. And his price doesn't scare you away at all either. And so, you know, he's a guy that you can still run back out a second time in tournaments as well, but definitely very safe in cash games. Ben, I have I have this quandary over here. I'm hoping that you can put on your Sherlock Holmes cap I got and help you, me out here. <laughs> I mean, Ajayi, we've talked about it. Great play, 7,700 on DraftKings. Montgomery. 6,900 on DraftKings. So that's, that's solid. And Kareem Hunt, getting the, he's getting the respect that Kareem Hunt yeah, deserves no after two monster performances. 8,000 bucks. Meanwhile, my man, my man, Devonta Freeman, 6,700 bucks. What is, what is going on with Devonta Freeman's price this week? Man, that is a great point, and I'm glad you brought him up because he is written in, I think, both my articles, and he's pretty high up there because, again, I talked about it. I love this game. Detroit is not a scary matchup for Freeman either, and it's it's, it's exactly like you said. His price, you know, he was in the article last week because it didn't really make any sense, and he's shown, you know, over the, la- over the first two weeks, I know it's a new offensive coordinator, but he's pretty much dominating the touches for the most part. He's gotten three reds, uh, I believe, carries inside the five, excuse me, and he's converted all of them for touchdowns so the usage is still there just like it was last year and again a game where a ton of points are going to be scored where he is the majority of the touch leader in both the rushing and the passing games it's it's a beautiful play especially at that price like you touched on all right moving over to the wide receiver position it doesn't get any safer than Antonio Brown uh, to give you at least some production now the the blow up was it was not no, not what you would hope for. Uh, Minnesota was able to to stifle Antonio Brown a bit, and this week he gets Chicago. He's nine thousand bucks on DraftKings. Ben, are you willing to pay that price? Are you making sure that Antonio Brown gets in, or are you leaving him on the bench? Uh, I mean, I like him a lot, and I wrote him up in the cash. I mean, you have to like him a lot, right? It's Antonio Brown, but I yeah, of course you have to. <laughs> but but it's, uh, there's a binding contract when you start playing fantasy football. It says. I love Antonio Brown. It's a rule. 100%. I mean, everything about him. But no, I'm not playing him this week in a ton of lineups because I like Le'Veon Bell better in that game for you know reasons that we've touched on about some of these other games. I believe the Steelers win pretty easily. The Bears really don't have an offense. Even though it's on the road, I think that they win pretty handily. Vegas thinks, you know, agrees with that. And so that's going to favor... Le'Veon Bell, especially after we saw him near the 30 touch mark if he didn't hit it last week. And so I'm going there over him and I'm also going Julio Jones over him for the same reasons I've already touched on. I love this game because I think Ryan's going to be forced to throw more than he did last week. Everybody, you know, who was on Julio last week for legitimate reasons. They need to be on him again if, of course, they can pay up for him. Obviously, he's very expensive at 9300 bucks, which is tough. But if you have the room and there's a couple of cheaper guys that you like, whether it's cash or tournaments, but obviously we know Julio's pretty safe, especially in a game like this where there should be a lot of fantasy goodness. Those are the two guys that I'm looking at before I go Antonio Brown as much as he is a stud. Another player who is grossly undervalued is Devontae Adams, only 5600 bucks over there on DraftKings. And what's even better, I mean, Devontae Adams is a, is a great weekly play because you know that the touchdown upside is there. And you saw it once again last week. The dude made an 
just unbelievably disgusting, filthy catch and scored. Another piece of that puzzle, Jordy Nelson had left that game and he's considered 50-50 to play, trending towards playing, but he still has a, a quad problem. Randall Cobb, Aaron Rodgers' other top target, he hurt his shoulder in the in the game, left, wasn't able to return, and he's trending to not play. So, I mean, you're talking even more opportunity for Devontae Adams. I think he is a fantastic play. His price was able to stay down because of, of uh, the time of his game. So I think that he is a nice guy to squeeze in there with huge upside, get to save a couple bucks here. Ben, do you have one more one more uh, safe wide receiver play for us? Um, <laughs> You're already <laughs> out of options. <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, I mean, I think Jarvis Landry is extremely safe. There we go. Okay. Especially with Devontae Parker, just like we talked about with Jay Ajayi. Oh, he's I being love Parker this too. week so much. And I know, man. I'm right there with you. I'm right there with you. But I think we're if we're looking in cash, especially if – Parker's not 100%. I mean, Landry saw 15 targets and 45.45% of the team target share in a season debut. And as much as I do think Cutler is going to, you know, have tunnel vision for Parker, it proved that Jarvis Landry, you know, being a big part of this offense is going to continue. And the matchup against the Jets is very, very nice, no matter which player it is on that team. And again, especially with those injuries, and like you said, Mike, one of my favorite articles I write, we will touch on those injuries for sure in the injury article this weekend and talk about who it helps. I could very easily be writing about because either, you know, whether one or two of those guys are missing or even if they play because they're not 100%, Jarvis Landry could be that guy. And, yeah, of course, Kenny Stills. Yeah, Yeah, there we go. I put Kenny Stills on one of my fan duels last week, and he caught a touchdown, and he was part – he was part of that in- injury article last week because of some of the things that were going on with that game. And so, yeah, that's a guy that we can talk about as a tournament play for sure. All right, moving over to the tight end position. Ladies and gentlemen, until further further notice, and they get the pricing for Zach Ertz right, the dude's just going to be the chalk play. Uh, I don't care if he's taking on the Giants. I don't care if, if he's taking on uh, – who I can't even think of a good option here, but I don't care who he's taking on because <laughs> Zach Ertz at five thousand bucks, you betcha he's going in my lineup. So now that that's out of the way, Ben, go dig deeper into the analysis. Uh, who are you liking for tight end? Yeah, well, I mean, with Ertz, I, on top of the fact that he is the second option in that passing game, and he's a very important piece. Like you said, the price doesn't make any sense. It is the targets. Matchup. Yeah, that is it, ridiculous. It, it is. And it, it is the matchup. The Giants cannot cover tight ends. They allowed Jason Witten to have a great game in week one, and they allowed Eric Ebron, who hadn't done anything in week, you know, in week one. Obviously, he was coming back from preseason injuries, and I do like Ebron, but they allowed him to have a big game as well. So he makes a ton of sense there. And then uh, another cash play is Jack Doyle. And I know oh, it's yeah. crazy. No, that's not crazy. It's great. Yes. It, you know, we want safety. You know, he's cheap. And with the quarterback change last week, Doyle was peppered with targets. He caught all eight of them. And he's just going to continue to be a big piece of that offense until we see, you know, otherwise, especially, you know, Luck's going to make his upside even higher so that we can talk about him more in GPPs. But Brissett loves him. We saw that last week. And Cleveland is a very good matchup for Doyle. They they gave up the most fantasy points to tight ends last year, and they're already bleeding points to the position again this season. So sounds a little weird, like, oh, you know, Jack Doyle is a safe play with Jacoby Brissett as his quarterback, but he's cheap, and he should see the target volume, and the matchup is right there for you. All right, what defenses are you looking to play? So uh, my favorite defense in both cash and GPPs is the Eagles. And part of that is the price, $3,000 on DraftKings, $4,500 on FanDuel, um, especially on DraftKings where he, where they only make up 6% of your salary. And, I mean, it's just they get to face the Giants. And it sounds crazy again, but the Giants' offense, obviously, if anybody has eyes and has watched them play, have been just absolutely atrocious. And the Eagles are tied for the fourth most sacks in the league, and they have a very talented front seven. And if you go look at the Giants' offensive line, same thing. If you've watched any tape at all, they they just can't, they can't block. They cannot block. And Eli Manning is, you know, immobile back there. 
And if you even get close to him, he's basically, you know, taken over Peyton Manning's crown of I'm just going to fall down and live another place. So I see a lot of sacks coming in this Peyton game. Peyton Manning was the best at that. So don't don't oh, ever he, try and take that crown away. I mean, he was the king. The he king he of, was the goat. He was the goat. I apologize. I should have <laughs> like, never said that. One, was, two, lay down. Lay down before <laughs> you even get to me. Eli kind of lets him touch him first. So, yeah, he, he doesn't have the crown. I apologize. But, yeah, I mean, I see turnovers <laughs> and I see sacks coming, especially if, you know, Odo Beckham looked fine last week, but he wasn't even a full-time player. And I still have questions on whether he's going to be 100% this week. Take him out of that offense or make him less than 100%. They really have nothing. So I absolutely love the Eagles this week. All right, let's move over to some tournament talk. You down with GPP? Let's start at the top again, Ben. GPPs, those tournament plays. We're going for the big money, those big buckarinos. Once again, I apologize for, for, for losing my mind there. Ben, who are you got at quarterback? <laughs> oh, man, I absolutely love Matthew Stafford this week. I can't get enough exposure to him, and I already touched on it. It's the game. It's the fact that Matthew Stafford is at home. It's the fact that especially on DraftKings, you know, you know, as much as we've played the last two weeks, we've seen the pricing for quarterbacks be pretty tight to where if you want to play a guy that you really like, he's either going to be very close to $7,000, if not higher. Well, Stafford's 6200 really doesn't make a lot of sense to me. Do not overthink the fact that he didn't have a huge game on Monday night against those terrible Giants. Why was that? Because the game flow allowed him to not have to do it because the Giants literally can't do anything. But like we've already touched on, the Falcons will put up points, especially because the Lions defense is not that good but the Falcons defense although they have a lot of young pieces that I like Vic Beasley is out you know Beasley the the 2016 sack leader will not play because he got injured last week and they're just a defense that although they're okay they still give up a lot of passing yards and, and a lot of success to opposing quarterbacks and Matt Stafford even though he didn't have a great game last week is still tied for the league lead with six passing touchdowns because when he was at home in week one he balled out against the Cardinals defense who I think is a better pass defense than these Falcons I'm gonna throw out Smoking Jay Cutler because he gets to take on the Jets, and I mean no one is targeting the wide receivers more than Jay Cutler. Jarvis Landry was absolutely force fed, force fed, and we I'd mentioned it. I love Devontae Parker in this matchup. Unfortunately, as of Thursday, he he was limited Wednesday with his ankle, downgraded to did not practice on Thursday. So Devontae Parker's an absolute pay attention to what's going on. Because uh, even if he plays, he could be limited. But I think that Jay Cutler will do more than enough to warrant his his price point at seventy four hundred bucks. But uh, and I'm talking about uh, on Fanduel seventy four hundred dollars. But you could, if you want to, just bump that up two hundred dollars at seventy six hundred dollars. You get Kirk Cousins. Do you have any interest in Kirk Cousins this weekend, Ben? Yeah, I do. And I'll, you know, I'll be making multiple teams and I'm not going to just go 100% exposure to Stafford. And in tournaments, Cousins is a guy that I will probably roll out there a little bit because look, we, you know, he was the quarterback five last year. We know what he can do. Obviously he has not looked good this year, but for the regular season, it's a two game sample. You know, we, we've talked about all the time on the shows leading up to these actual, you know, specific week, week in and week out shows that you want to embrace cold players, especially if it makes makes sense. And if you look back at what Cousins did last year, he was very good in fantasy. And this game, again, the highest over under on the week and Washington is at home. It's a great spot because we also know that Oakland's defense doesn't really scare you. They rank 11th worst in past DVOA through two weeks, and they weren't that good last year either. And again, like we already talked about loving Derek Carr in, in cash, he's going to put up points which means Kirk Cousins is going to have to compete with him. We know that when this offense is having success, it's running through Kirk Cousins. And so he's a guy that's cheap too, just like Stafford. I do like Stafford more, but you know, if you're making multiple teams, you probably want to get Cousins at least on one at $6,100. Try to stack him with somebody and you know get a contrarian stack going because if he does bounce back, he could do so in a big way and he could do so at a pretty low ownership percentage because there are a lot of people out there that will jump ship after two weeks. And we touched on it over and over and over again, that you want to embrace that because the recency bias will put you in a position to potentially take down a GPP. Speaking of ownership, 
in the ultimate DFS pass, we have data powered by Fanshare, and we're giving you the buzz report. We are giving you the top 10 per position guys that are being talked about on social media. That's what Fanshare does. They have a a, a spectacular algorithm that's out there looking for how are people talking about, who are people talking about. So it, it And it really helps you get a grasp on potential ownership plays moving forward. So you can say, well, I know Derek Carr, he's the number two most talked about quarterback at this point, so maybe he's not a great contrarian play. So I mean, he's still fully in play for your cash games, but maybe he's not the best tournament play. Moving over to the running back position, I'm just going to transition us, Ben, because we were talking about this before the show. I'm going to clear the road. I'm I'm dusting off the red carpet because you have a a, a a particular man crush this weekend. So I'm going to get out of your way. Go. I really appreciate that. I absolutely do. And it is Christian McCaffrey. And I've had a man crush on this guy for, for a long time. So this is no different. And if you know, if you listen to the week one show, I threw out there that I firmly believe that this guy will have at least 360 plus touchdowns this season. And I don't believe any have happened yet. And my opinion has not changed. And you look at what's happening now. The Panthers are at home against the Saints. And Greg Olson just got hurt. And there are a lot of smart people out there that are interested in Devin Funches in GPPs because Olsen is out. And I think that he makes sense. But my favorite play on the Panthers in tournaments is Christian McCaffrey because he has not blown up yet. However, he has seen 21 carries and 12 targets. You know, that's pretty healthy being involved in both aspects of the game. And I know um, Cam Newton missed him on a wide open touchdown last week. That is the concern. And one of the reasons why a lot of people, myself included, weren't pumped about his landing spot. But if Cam Newton can connect with him this week, the matchup is there. The Saints are not going to be able to cover him. And with Greg Olson out of the lineup, I think you see even more targets funnel to McCaffrey because I firmly believe that's a huge reason why he was drafted on top of the fact that he's sharing rushing duties with Jonathan Stewart. And if you just watch any of this dude's college film whatsoever, I know he's gotten off to a slow start, but this is one of those places where I would implore you to embrace the slow start because it's going to allow you to get him at a lower ownership percentage because you want to be the first to roster him on a, on a GPP team when he does break through because he does have 60 plus rush, rushing touchdown upside in this game. We know the carries will be there and we know that on DraftKings especially, $6,100 is kind of in that range and that's another reason why he probably won't be super high owned, but on DraftKings where his pass catching ability caters to the scoring system of DraftKings, the matchup is there. He will absolutely be written up in the injury impact article because I think Greg Olson's absence is the biggest McCaffrey will be the biggest beneficiary, not anybody else in that game. Love me McCaffrey and GPPs this week. On the Fantasy Footballers podcast, we do our starts of the week uh, every week where we kind of put our stamp on a a guy who he maybe is on your bench, maybe you're iffy about starting him. I'm putting my stamp on this guy for DFS as well, and that is Theo Riddick. Gets to take on Atlanta in Atlanta. Why do I love Theo Riddick? Well, I mean, his usage has been spectacular so far, but he catches, passes, and he gets to take on Atlanta. 15 receptions to running backs in the Super Bowl allowed by Atlanta. 11 to the Bears in Week 1. They gave up six more in Week 2. I mean, you you saw once Aaron Rodgers finally got Montgomery the ball in space that he made them pay, and Theo Riddick is primed to be able to do that, and he is... He, he, his cost makes him easy to plug in, easy to navigate, trying to get some of those studs in there. And you go, oh, well, here's Theoretic. I just figured out how to put him in. So I think that he is a an absolute tremendous play here, uh, especially over on DraftKings, get that PPR bonus. We're going to move it over to the wide receiver position. Uh, we've already briefly mentioned uh, Devontae Parker and my <laughs> my affinity for him. Although, once again, please make sure you are checking to to see the status of Devontae Parker. Ben, GPP, who is your favorite GPP wide receiver this week? Yeah, I mean, let's just keep the train rolling here. It's Golden Tate, and again, 
you know, I'm <laughs> so I, much I, lions. Tate is my boy. He always has been. His game absolutely caters to DraftKings scoring being full PPR. And he didn't have a big game on Monday night. Yet, if you go back and look at what he did in week one, when Stafford did have to throw to keep up, again, I think that's going to happen. 12 targets, 10 catches, 107 yards, didn't score. I think he has potential to score in this one. Absolutely love him. But let me move the Lions talk just a little bit. And let's talk about A.J. Green because we didn't talk about him in cash. I think he makes sense in both spots. And it's really just the fact that the squeaky reel is going to get the grease in this one. I mean, it's not that hard to figure out. I mean, A.J. Green, you know, got, you know, he was publicly complaining after the Thursday night game, as he should. The, room, the, the rumors in the bushes are that he was one of the the people that led the mutiny to get his oh, OC yeah. fired. Oh, yeah. I firmly believe it. And now with the new OC, I mean, what do you think is going to happen, especially against this Packers defense that, you know, they can get pressure on the quarterback, which is a little bit of a concern, but they can't really cover. And so A.J. Green, one of the best, you know, wide receivers in the entire league, playing in a game where I think probably everybody firmly believes the Packers are going to win, Andy Dalton's going to have to throw. And he's going to be throwing to A.J. Green, and there's not one single player in that secondary that can stop them. And so, you know, when you want to go down and save a little bit of salary, especially if you have to going down from uh, Julio Jones and Antonio Brown, like we talked about, AJ Green is 8,100. And that's a very, very exciting price, intriguing price, because he has wide receiver overall, uh, wide receiver one overall upside on the week because of the matchup and because of all the targets he should see because of the volume opportunity we know he has gotten throughout his career. And because game flow tells us that, the Bengals are going to have to throw early and often, and that should benefit A.J. Green. We would be remiss if we didn't mention this guy for our fallen compadre of the day, Chris Meany. J.J. Nelson, Meany is all about it. And then once again, J.J. Nelson just pops up on the injury report, so pay attention to him. But he, I mean, he already has 10 receptions, 163 yards, two touchdowns. Larry Fitz is I, – I don't know what's going on with Larry Fitzgerald, but, I mean, you had a prime matchup for him last week. Uh, not my, involved. My heart's still broken. <laughs> I mean, they pivoted away. Jerron Brown is, I mean, he's getting the target share, but J.J. Nelson is the one getting the big plays. And on top of that, Jerron Brown, I believe, hyperextended his knee. The, the entire Arizona Cardinals wide receiver court, it's just a triage unit at this point. So you might as well pick the guy with the big upside, and that would be J.J. Nelson. Uh, so... I'm I'm still good plugging him in. Uh, I just uh, briefly wanted to touch on this guy because he's going to be the new hotness. He was the waiver wire pickup of the week. Ben Rashard Higgins. Does he have any interest to you taking on the Colts? I think he does. I mean, the matchup is there against the Colts. And, um, you know, we don't really know how this game is going to play out because it's two pretty bad teams. But the matchup is there. He got the you know the volume last week after just being called up, I believe, from the practice squad. Caught seven, for, caught seven for sixty-four yards. Four thousand dollars. Would have liked to see him be a little bit lower, but he's definitely on the radar because even though we're talking about him, and you know you'll see people talking about him on Twitter, there's no way enough of your competition knows about this guy. And even if they do, it goes back to kind of what I was saying about Chris Hogan last week. I mean. At the end of the day, you still have to have the confidence to hit that draft button or hit that roster button on Higgins, and I just don't see it happening. And so with Corey Coleman on IR, this is going to be another guy that I talk about in the injury impact article, and that's exactly what this is. I mean, he now has opportunity. Kenny Britt has not done anything. I believe he only caught one pass for two yards last week. And so, you know, it's just going to depend on the game flow and you know, whether Cleveland has to throw like they did have to last week. But if he sees enough volume, I mean, he is, he's, going to, he's going to be low-owned. There's been a lot of smart people um, out there. Matt Harmon, friend of the, the fantasy footballers that has talked up Higgins when he has evaluated him. And so um, I think there's enough smart people out there saying he's a good play. And, you know, on top of that, it shouldn't be that surprising because of that, that he had a good game when he finally got an opportunity. And so, yes, the matchup is good enough. The volume should be there enough. And he's cheap and he should be low-owned. So he absolutely is in play. I did write him up in the GPP article. Ben, just real quick, I want to get your opinion on something. With okay. we, we mentioned the offensive coordinator change in Cincinnati. It's going to be Bill Lazor. Uh, it's, it's pretty clear that Joe Mixon is a more talented running back yes. than Jeremy Hill. 
he's I, I like Gio Bernard, but honestly, I mean, if if Mixon was given the opportunities that that Gio was given, I think he would succeed as well. With the change, are you willing to go full contrarian and throw Mixon out there despite him getting like three to five touches a week? Do you think there could be a big change coming? Ooh, that is a glory play, and I do kind of like where your head's at because you know we're obviously trying to get high upside at super low ownership percentage. What is his price? Do you know what it is offhand? Because I'm assu- pulled up right. I'm now. assuming it's pretty low on top of all those other things. And yeah, w- with them being zero and two, it's pretty obvious when he does get opportunities that he is the best option in that in that running game. And so, with an offensive coordinator change, and that's uh, that's why I think it, it is pretty awesome that you brought this up because anytime the person calling plays changes and the person that makes decision changes, you have to look and see what you know what the boomerang effect of that is and so there is a chance that they just say you know what are we doing guys like if you know if we're going to save our season we have to try to do it right now and Joe Mixon is our guy so let's throw him out there the fear of course is what we've already seen it's a three-headed monster yeah it's no touches no I'm not I'm not super confident in it but if you're making multiple teams and you know you are trying to find a low Um, a somewhat cheap running back that has high upside to kind of be the last piece to a team that you love. And he, he's affordable and he fits where as a lot of the other options around him don't make sense. I don't think it's the craziest thing in the world to do, because if he does get that volume and gets you 15 to 20 points and the rest of your lineup hits, you're going to be in business. He is, uh, I got 5,100 on FanDuel and 4,500 on DraftKings. So you're talking sub, 10% 10% on on both sides. So it's crazy. It's a little bit crazy, but sometimes you got to get a little bit nuts if you want to win these things. Let's move it over to the tight end position. Evan Ingram is the one that I want to highlight. I mean, he's he has been a stud. Usually, I mean, really, really, the rule of thumb, tight ends, rookie tight ends do nothing. They do nothing for your fantasy teams. They do very little for your actual NFL teams. Meanwhile, Evan Ingram here scored a touchdown, got targeted right near the end zone, was almost had the, the the double burger there, which would have been just an absolute monster game. But I like his situation. The passing weapons for the Giants are it's Odell Beckham, who's probably, you know, what, 85%, 90%. That's about it. Some dump-offs to Shane Vereen, but Eli Manning is looking towards Evan Ingram, and, and I think that he's going to have to – continue to do that 44 yards in his NFL debut 49 yards in the touchdown last week Brandon Marshall is what the heck man Brandon Marshall is just an absolute mirage I don't know of his former self just just kind of hanging out out there I mean they're playing with 10 guys and Brandon Marshall so it's it's a bad situation where I like to plug I, I think that plugging Evan Engram in is actually a good move this week Ben who who do you got a tight end all right, so this could go horribly wrong, but I got to. <laughs> That's a good this way a to sh- start a conversation. I got to give this a shot. All right, Arr. what what <laughs> what did that sound like to you? Um, uh, a kitten. Dang. Some, All right, I some was hope- type of some small animal that was- is not scary or dangerous <laughs> whatsoever. Dang it! I was hoping I sounded at least a little bit more fierce. Um, I had to get the maybe line- someone who is who the the water went down the wrong pipe. Yeah, yeah, that's probably exactly what it sounded like. Um, I had to try to get somewhat of a lion noise out there because I'm just talking about all of them and I just got to keep the theme going because I'm going to talk about Eric Ebron. And uh, look, I know some of you. No moss, sitting- lions, no moss. Look, I know some of you are probably sitting there saying, what? I can't play this many lions. But look, I'm telling you right now, and I love theoretic too. You could make a mega stack. Matt Stafford, Golden Tate, and Eric Ebron is my favorite stack. And if you go back and look at what happened last week, I did write up Tom Brady, Chris Hogan, and Rob Gronkowski, and that's exactly what the dude that won a million dollars played. And the only reason that my week ended up being profitable at the end was thanks to Aaron Rodgers, Tom Montgomery, and Rodgers throwing that touchdown to Devontae Adams at the end. So you absolutely can play multiple pass catchers with a quarterback, especially if you like them. And so because obviously we touched on this on the shows before we got into these weekly picks. 
if you love a quarterback and you think that in that game he's going to throw for about 303, then that's going to be enough to allow multiple pass catchers to succeed. And Ebron at only $3,300 is a guy that's going to allow me to get cheap exposure and low ownership exposure to Matt Stafford, who is my favorite quarterback play of the entire week. And so he's absolutely in play for me. And again, like we touched on, the Falcons defense is really not all that scary. They gave up the fifth most fantasy points to tight ends and the fifth most passing yards in the league last season. And now they're going to be playing without their best pass rusher that led the league in sacks last year, Vic Beasley. So I'm all aboard the Stafford, Tate, Ebron stack. The last player I want to talk about at the tight end position, Jared Cook. Uh, I kind of gave that spoiler alert that Theoretic was my running back start of the week. Jared Cook is my tight end start of the week. Love the over-under once again, but he gets to take on Washington. And you know what Washington has given up to the tight end position? Over 100 yards in both games. And Jared Cook has absolutely been involved. You're talking five targets a week. I'm all in. I'm all in on Jared Cook as a as a nice upside tournament play. Ben, are you feeling that? I absolutely am. I was telling you before the show that I like him more than you know a lot. You know that we liked him last week, and I think on top of the fact that he's all he was already going to be low owned regardless. I think he also burnt some people that tried to play him in tournaments last week, which could make his ownership percentage even lower. Really like this call, and just like you said, I mean Washington even allowed a big game to Gerald Everett, the rookie, last week in his second NFL game. And I think only three targets. So they're bleeding points to the position. Cook has a defined role. He saw six targets last week. Didn't do enough with them. But if he does enough with them this week at 3100 bucks and at a low salary, he could be the, you know, the, the tight end in the million-dollar winning lineup on both websites. Yeah, he's, he's got that X factor. Absolutely. And just to remind people, all these picks and more, including Jake Seeley's Sleepers of the Week for both DraftKings and FanDuel. All that stuff can be found at UltimateDFSPass.com. We're going to get into our favorite stacks of the week. Stack Attack. All right, I will kick things off because I've got two two stacks that I am I am very much into these. And one of them is Jay Cutler, Devontae Parker. This... Oh, if Devontae Parker, I'm sending you a healing, a magical healing spell to his ankle right now. I hope he feels it. I hope he feels it. And America, if we could just join hands, join hands and say, Devontae Parker, we need you, buddy. We need you in this matchup versus the Jets because Jay Cutler is going to bomb the ball out to you. Do you want to score some touchdowns, Devontae Parker? Then get your butt in gear and play this game. My other stack, we just talked about Cook. I love Derek Carr. I love Jared Cook. I'm. This is a – you want to get crazy? You want to get nuts? Here's a stack. You're going quarterback, tight end stack. This is not something that I would generally advise, of course, besides Tom Brady Gronk. That seems to work out pretty much every single week. <laughs> but Derek Carr, Jared Cook, I mean, I'm, I'm feeling that stack. I'm loving that game. I'm loving attacking it from – a different angle besides just stacking with Crabtree and Cooper, who I don't mind that at all if you want to go Not with that route. But, but you know, you just got to get a little bit nuts, so I'm going Derek Carr and Jared Cook. Ben, who do you got? Mike, I love it, man. We both got quarterback tight end stacks that we're talking about. I already threw out my favorite one. It is it is Stafford, Tate, and Ebron. But since I've already talked way too much Lions, let me, uh, let me pivot here and let me talk about Cousins, who we've already talked about, and Jamison Crowder. And it's a little, it makes me a little bit queasy, but we've touched on before. That's kind of what tournament stacks should yeah, do. Yeah. Embrace the fear. Yeah. You got to embrace that fear. And we've touched on it already. Highest over under 54 points for this game. It is in Washington. And if it hasn't become obvious already, I tend to lean towards quarterbacks that are playing at home. Washington has a 25 and a half implied team total, which is very healthy. And the other aspect of it, we already talked about it. Kirk Cousins is only 6100 bucks, which isn't too bad as a quarterback. And Crowder, when you want to talk about some wide receivers that, you know, their price doesn't really make any sense, 
Crowder's forty nine hundred dollars on on DraftKings, and that's where his game again correlates very well. Those those easier targets, the the Jarvis Landry type targets, where he can rack those up. And we also saw that he had touchdown upside last year. And Jordan Reed is a little bit banged up right now, which is you know nothing new. He's always banged up. But at $4,900, when you just look at that price and you compare it to the player that we know Crowder can be, especially in full PPR, that's too cheap. And so there is a scenario where I know he was dealing with injuries in week one, and he was still somewhat of a part-time player in week two. But we also know he was a part-time player for all of last season when he had some blow-up games and when he had a very good year. So in a very good matchup against the Raiders with all those points that should be scored like we already talked about, on top of the fact that this is very contrarian because I don't see very many people rostering Crowder because he hasn't done anything yet and there's fear about that on top of Cousins, the matchup with Oakland um, Oakland ranked eighth worst in past DVOA last year. They rank 11th worst in past DVOA through two weeks this year. And even though Crowder was a part-time player a little bit last week, he still led all Redskins wide receivers in targets. Now it was only with five, but he caught four for 47. So in a better fantasy game, if we can get that up to about six for 80 and he's able to get into the end zone as well, and who knows, maybe he even has a better game than that. That stack is pretty cheap. And I just love Crowder's price in the matchup at $4,900. And so I will be rolling him out, even though it is a little bit risky. Like you said, like we've already said, Mike, you have to kind of embrace that. It's somewhat similar to the Joe Mixon thought process, although I don't know if it's as as (laughs) deep of a dive as that. But give it a shot. I've checked out our buzz report, Ben, and good luck, or I say good looking. Crowder is not in that top 10, unlike last week when you were trying to sneak Chris Hogan by us. As a potential <laughs> low ownership hey, he, guy, he still was on the mil- the guy that won a million. Bucks oh, he team. paid off. Yeah, exactly. Absolutely, he paid off. All right. If you're new to the show, if you're not new to the show, you know that we take each other on every single week with a lineup, and it's me versus Ben here. So we are, since we we keep lollygagging on this punishment, me and Ben are going head to head in a water bet. Oh, I love it. Let's do it. And uh, so if, if you haven't seen, there's going to be footage of me losing a couple bets to Ben. But that's neither here nor there because uh, redemption is at hand. We're going to talk the Battle Royale. DFS Battle Royale. If you want to take a uh, little time machine back to last week when I played uh, Trevor Simeon, Emmanuel Sanders, Stack, and Fleener, and Hearns, and absolutely dominated these fools, then uh, that's a time machine trip that I am willing to take. But we're in the here and now. We're moving on from the past. You you put your butt in the past. That's what you do. That's what I've been told you're supposed to do. So I will give you my lineup. I'm going Derek Carr, Michael Crabtree stack. I know we've talked about the Jared Cook, uh, or I talked about the Carr Cook stack, which I like. But this week in this lineup, I'm going with Derek Carr, and the Michael Crabtree stack. I'm getting Mike Gillisley in there because, of course, I'm getting Mike Gillisley Love in. Love it, the, my man. The dude's a – the price, 5700 on DraftKings. I mean, this is just stealing. I know you saw that point. second touchdown he had last week that got called back oh. by a illegal motion, and if it wasn't for that, yes. he would have paid off last week like we talked about. I mean, the guy's a monster. His role is absolutely defined. The Patriots are going to crush people. And Mike Gillisley's he's LeGarrette Blunt, but he's an even better running back. He converts more from the one and from the two, so he's going to keep getting those opportunities. Theoretic, I had to get him in there in this PPR situation. And then I, I completed my wide receivers with Keenan Allen, who I think can have a monster game against the Chargers, PPR machine, and Alshon Jeffrey. Alshon Jeffrey is – I don't think he's getting talked about enough he's not. in the fantasy football world because there were many – the haters and losers were very vocal this offseason about Alshon Jeffrey cannot possibly pay off. He's always hurt. But when he's not hurt, the dude is absolutely sensational, and he's a stud. And I'm kind of calling my shot here because we record these on Thursday night. I'm, I'm leaning towards Janor- Janoris Jenkins being out, which is obviously an upgrade for Alshon Jeffrey. So I'm plugging him in. Jack Doyle against the Cleveland Browns. That's a no-brainer. Here's... The other place where I am calling my shot right here on the show. Oh, baby. Derek Henry. 
I'm calling DeMarco Murray out. He has missed practice all week as of this recording. He And, ladies and gentlemen, if DeMarco Murray is ruled out, believe me that Derrick Henry will be the hotness. He will be the most owned player oh, yeah. in the history of daily fantasy. But it doesn't matter because I get to lock him in right now with this bold take. So I'm going Henry. I don't care if it's the Seahawks. And then the Eagles against the Giants. That's just chalk. I mean, that's too delicious to deny. So, Ben, what losing team are you going up against me with this week? <laughs> you bounce back well in week two, Mike, after, you know, I got that W in week one. So we'll see what happens here. Well, ben, we, we are not talking about the past oh, anymore. Oh, yeah, I kind of zoned out on that rant. My bad. Uh, but, yeah, so I, that's a pretty solid team. And I, I really like the Alshon Jeffrey call. He's written up in the, the my cash article, and he really could have been in the tournament article. I figured I would save – um, like you're talking about, let's see what happens with Janoris Jenkins and Dominic Rogers Cromartie got hurt at the end of that game too. So if they're out, yeah, I love that a lot. But um, you know, like I said, I gotta go. Uh, you know, and again, your your team is is pretty solid. So I gotta use my tournament background to try to get some high upside here. So I am going with the Stafford Tate and Ebron stack. Oh, you're doing the mega. Actually, actually, I'm sorry. I, I like what you said a lot about Theo Riddick, too. So, actually, I'm going with the mega stack. The no, stack, no, you are not. I'm throwing Riddick in my flex. because You're going quattro? I'm going with the quattro because I really want to play Le'Veon Bell this week after we saw him get you know close to, if not hit, 30 touches last week against the Vikings. That's not going to really pay off because the Vikings defense is so solid. But against the Bears, that's going to pay off. So, I want him in my lineup. I'm going with Christian McCaffrey. That's not really a great cash game play, guys. But when I feel a play, I feel a play. So I'm going with McCaffrey because I think he has a great game with a lot of upside. I have to play um, uh, Devontae Adams because, like we already touched on, his price didn't change. It really doesn't make any sense. And like I just touched on with my favorite stack, I got to play Crowder because his price at 4900 bucks. it's similar to what we touched on with Keenan Allen and Emmanuel Sanders last week. Like, how are they this cheap? It just feels that way with Crowder in a great matchup. And I'm finishing it up just like you, Mike, with the Eagles. Like I said earlier, they're my favorite defense play of the week, no matter what type of tournament you're in. And, uh, yeah, so that's going to be the winning team this week. So uh, I look forward to another, uh, another water bet payoff from you. Yeah, I look forward to you <laughs> humiliating yourself in front of millions and millions around the uh, internet. I got my eyes on those couple of tweets that are that are launching tonight, <laughs> so at least I have one up on you. Ben, we're not talking right about the past anymore. <laughs> we have moved. We have moved on. I am my butt. My this may be too much for you. My butt is drowning right now. It is my bottoms are so soggy. Yes, right now. From the payout. Good. That'll make whatever happens this week even better. <laughs> I feel good right now. <laughs> so that is the end. The Fantasy Footballers DFS podcast. All this and more at the ultimate DFSpass.com. I wish you the best of luck. Keep keep those those winning stories piling in. Please let us We know. love hearing about it. We love hearing about the new people. Uh, breaking down the doors, not being afraid, getting in the right mentality. So we will see you next week. Goodbye. Thank you for listening to another edition of the Fantasy Footballers DFS Podcast. Don't forget to visit us on the web at www.thefantasyfootballers.com.